0: The Alabama Crops Report Podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Well, Welcome back to another episode of the Alabama Crops Report Podcast. This is your co-host, Adam Rabinowitz, an assistant professor and extension economist
1: with the Alabama Cooperative Extension System. And I'm Sky Graham, extension entomologist. Uh, Adam, how's it going today? Things are going pretty well. We're here uh,
0: entering july at this point and uh we are moving along through the through summertime it's been one of the fastest summers i can remember really is i've been doing a lot of traveling lately and i feel like i've been out of auburn more than
1: uh more than than usual and as a result it's just it's flown by yep that's not a bad thing though that means maybe football season and cooler weather We'll be here at some point cooler <laughs> weather
0: yes we have certainly had some very hot weather
1: all right well on today's episode we've got uh dr wendium sawadego assistant professor and extension economist with responsibilities in ag uh, agricultural marketing wendium how's it going
2: it's oh, going real well you know i'm been a long summer for me too but really enjoying it i've gotten to do some traveling lately so can't complain. Good.
1: Well, Wendy, as we, we bring you on, today is today is July 1st, so that means our uh, USDA acreage report just came out. So we thought it'd be a good time to uh, get you in, kind of talk about what, what it said, what that means for us for the rest of the year.
2: So, so how does our acreage planted compare to last year? You know, there've been a couple changes from what we saw last year, mainly in terms of corn and soybeans. Um, you know, last year we were around... Ninety-three million acres of corn nationwide that dipped down to a uh, dipped down to a bit lower than ninety million acres this year. Soybeans, on the other hand, up slightly, um, but I'd say the major changes have been with cotton and peanuts. Cotton up about eleven percent nationwide, and peanuts down about three percent. So those are more of our southern um, crops. You know, in terms of Alabama, though specific, um, you know, similar. To what we see nationally, down about fifty-five thousand acres of corn to about three hundred thousand acres this year. So, pretty sizable dip there for corn. Um, soybeans up about thirteen percent. So, you could see a bit of a switch from corn to soybeans in the state. Cotton up about five percent. So, still strong cotton acres, around four hundred five, or sorry, four hundred twenty thousand acres statewide, and peanuts up slightly. Um, So, sort of we're the only state that have, among the top four peanut producing states that actually saw acreage increase, so up about 5,000 acres there. That's interesting to to see an
0: increase on the the peanut acreage, certainly. Um, I I know that was something that was not in part of the prospective planting release, which is when... What we talked about when you were here last with us, um, and you know, can you elaborate maybe a little bit more on the differences between what we expected from the March report and what we've actually seen at this point, producers plant?
2: Yeah, so I'd say the biggest changes, you know, the peanuts. We were expecting a lower peanut um, crop this year or um, peanut acreage this year in March, and that continued to be true. The sort of loan um, increase was Alabama, but a lot of the other states that were projected to see increases fell even further. So, you know, we were expected to have about, you know, 1,570,000. Acres of peanuts that fell closer to a million five hundred forty thousand acres, so you know about thirty thousand acre dip there. So that's one change. Um, you know, cotton pretty similar to what we were thinking before. You know, maybe adding about two hundred fifty thousand acres, but nothing too drastic there. Soybeans, you know, back in the March report I was saying expect a record planted acreage. Um, that's come down a little bit. So. Um, down about three million acres less, two to three million acres less than what we expected in March. Um, but corn acreage on the other hand has come up a little bit. Now I, get, I will say the big thing is we've planted fewer acres than we have in previous years, so um, just a lot of weather conditions sort of up in the, the northern Great Plains, North Dakota especially, uh, been really slow at planting their corn, so there are still about 4 million acres of corn, a couple acres of million acres of soybeans that have let, um, yet to be planted that are still planned to be planted this year. So, stuff could always change there. So,
0: certainly we- some weather impacts outside of Alabama affected planting. Um, what do you think though in terms of where prices were? Now, we'll get to where prices <laughs> are right now, but where prices were and, and you know, how that potentially
2: has affected what we've seen in terms of these planted acres? yeah so you know this spring, no surprise we had cotton um in the past, it was you know well over a dollar expected, you know, looking at a dollar twenty range um corn prices, soybean prices, wheat prices all the highest we've seen in over a decade, at least that was the case in march um and so no surprise we saw cotton acres sort of skyrocket, no surprise we saw. Um, you know, corn and soybean acres remain pretty solid. Um, wheat acreage was up, too. So not a whole lot of surprise there, at least where we were at planting season. So as Adam just kind of mentioned, you know, we're not where we were with the markets today
1: as we sit here on, on the 1st of July. And I'm, I'm guessing that's probably not directly correlated to this report because it just came out. But how do you think the market will
2: respond to this report? You know, if I had done this podcast two weeks ago, it'd be a whole different tune. Um, but, you know, from June 17th to June 30th, really, we saw prices dip across the board. You know, agricultural commodities, um, other commodities, metals, there's just been a bit of a, a bear run right there. And so, you know, for instance, cotton prices we've seen drop about a quarter from, you know, $1, $1. twenty or so on June 17th to about $0.98, cents, looking at the December's future. Contract there. So, pretty good drop there. Corn, soybeans, wheat dropped, you know, one to two dollars a bushel. So, you know, pretty big decrease. And so, you know, going back to, um, you know, what this report might do, it's, I think a lot of the numbers were sort of baked in. You know, it was kind of expected that soybean acres would fall a little bit, um, corn acres would rise a little bit, cotton, wheat pretty steady. And so, you know, we've seen not a whole lot of change. I mean, soybeans, wheat, cotton, or um, corn were pretty much unchanged by the report, you know, maybe changed by five to 10 cents um, since the release of the report in, you know, about a day. But cotton prices did continue to drop, fell about two cents after the report. So the higher cotton acreage um, might not bode well. So, so you mentioned some of the global factors,
0: um, you know, affecting th- this price drop recently. Um, I- what does What does this really mean to to producers as we look at kind of some of these um, futures prices, especially I think of cotton in particular here in Alabama. And you know, we were looking at December futures dollar twenty, as you mentioned, maybe even up to a closer to dollar thirty at one point uh, a little over a month
2: ago, and now we're we're under a dollar. You know, it's the tough thing. There's a lot of uncertainty, and so I think that's one of the biggest. Things, you know, getting into some of the factors that might be driving this, you know, macroeconomic conditions, looking at persistent inflation, um, you know, not only affecting farmers on the input side, but affecting consumers as well. And so when consumers start to um, feel their budgets be a little bit tight, maybe they cut out some of their um, non-essential items, maybe clothing, stuff like that, ripples its way down to cotton prices eventually. And so... Just a lot of concern. It's, you know, are we going to see the market – the market's been strong for, you know, about a year into the last couple of weeks. So, you know, is it is this just a temporary dip or is this the start of something bigger? So,
1: Do you want to look into your crystal ball here on the podcast and say if this is a, a, a blip or if this is the start of something? The answer I think, can be no.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> not really, but uh, –
1: so when you, you know, I think about our input prices and a lot of insecticides as an entomologist are kind of hard to get. They're costing more than they are in previous years in a lot of cases. I'm guessing those aren't going to change with the price of cotton changing. So what what do you think about, you know, trying to manage our variable costs and our input costs versus the prices of what we're seeing with the commodities? I just got to say, Scott, first, you sound just like an economist there. Yes. I heard you say a bunch of buzzwords, so I dropped them in. There Very you low go. costs and stuff like we're, that. We're
2: bringing you over. I'm learning. But, you know, you are you make a really good point. Like, it's, you know, with, it's always good to have a marketing plan where you can lock in some prices, guarantee some um, profit as best as you can on some of your acres. And with variable costs so high, you know, the worst-case scenario is you put in all that money up front high inputs, um, spending a lot of money and then see a market dip and not necessarily get the revenues to cover those costs. And so, you know, having good knowledge of your production costs, you know, maybe using some of the enterprise budgets we have on the ACES website can be useful in really trying to figure out what you uh, can afford to sell your cotton at and still make profit or for all your crops in general. So, for those that may not have locked in
0: those higher prices, might be time to, to really think about: is this an opportunity now to, to have to move and at least lock in something to cover some of those costs, even if it's just part of that acreage? Um, you know, because we don't we don't know if it's we're going to continue down the downward path or, or swing back up a little bit. Definitely.
1: Could, and this this may be a question for both of y'all. But could this be a situation where you got some folks who kind of have the mindset mentality, I'm farming yield, and you got some folks who are more farming quality than they are yield. Is this a situation where if I, had, if I didn't lock in those high prices, should I start thinking more about quality over yield, or am I still pushing yield?
0: Well, so that, that is actually an interesting question. I'll throw in another dynamic because from an economist, we're thinking not about managing quality and ma- or maximizing yield but really maximizing profit.
1: Yeah, that's a great point too. We actually we actually made that point at our Cotton Scout school this past week that this year we need to be farming money and doing everything we can to maximize our margins. And
2: you know, going back to what you said, you know, profit you know, you it does depend on yield, but it does also depend on quality. So I think as an economist I'll throw in the word trade-off there that there is some opportunity to think of, you know, you, you want to make sure you're covering those costs and making as much money as possible, but there might be different ways to go about doing that.
0: And certainly we need to recognize a lot of the uncertainty, and one of those uncertain factors is what's going to happen with our weather here in the state the rest of the growing season and, uh, you know, how that ultimately impacts the, the final yield in the crop that, that's produced.
1: Absolutely. Well, guys, anything else we need to cover or talk about before we wrap this thing up? You know, so
2: you mentioned weather. Um, I talked a little bit about the planting issues sort of in the north with corn and soybeans. Now it's the question of, you know, what are our yields going to look like? And so with, you know, our cotton and peanuts, that's always a pretty good question. You know, um, Texas right now has been through some pretty bad drought. And so, you know, thinking about that's the place that produces about a third of the cotton, um, you know, if that affects yields there, that could have a pretty sizable impact on what's expected in terms of yields this year. So, um, you know, we've seen those cotton prices dip, but that's no uh, by no means the what's going to happen for sure. You know, always supply side issues can always change up where markets are going. Um, I should also mention being in the southeast with tropical storms being predicted to be maybe a little bit more than active this year. Um, That could always reduce the percentage of cotton acreage that ends up harvested. So, you know, last year we had a really uh, good year about only about 10 percent of cotton acreage was unharvested. Um, The previous couple years we were closer to 30 percent. This year we might be towards that 25 percent range if we do have more storms than active. So that could reduce some of our uh, production as well. But, you know, weather... You know, it's one of those things, like prices, I can't always predict the best, so I've got to always watch out for that. Well,
0: you're absolutely right. It's it's hard to predict the weather. It's hard to predict predict prices there are always these external factors that come into play too and actually just one last point that that i had thought about as as you were talking is you know that some of the speculative trading that goes on in the futures market and especially as we see these prices come up and then come back down and and a lot of increased trading that occurs and and, uh, we've seen that in past run-ups and and i think we've probably seen a little bit of that in In the current one
2: as well, and you know, especially with cotton, that's such a big deal. And you know, you might say that some of the speculative trading um, met cotton was overbought when we were at a dollar thirty cents, and maybe it's a little bit underbought right now at ninety eight cents. So that's that's part of the reason why I do think cotton prices might come up a little bit. Is you know these speculators um, switching off of long positions toward short positions, but potentially going to go back to you know, some of somewhat of an equilibrium at some points. So, no easy answers when
0: it comes to to pricing and and the economics of, of agriculture. That's for sure. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you, Wendy, and coming and joining us once again, a, a recurring guest on our podcast. Scott, it's been great. Enjoyed recording this episode with you.
1: Yep, yep, enjoyed it. I learned some stuff today, so that's good. Hopefully our listeners did too. When we uh, speak of our listeners, we appreciate y'all tuning in, listening to us every week. Uh, As always, if we can ever do anything to help, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know.
0: The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.